Oh, actually, no, no. Wow, did I, I, I actually did that wrong. Let's see. Last episode was fifty-four. I have it listed as episode fifty-five on the web page. So, uh, so there was an episode fifty-four show notes, and then there was an episode fifty-five. So I'm reasonably sure what we're about to do is episode fifty-five for real this time. We'll call it fifty-five B. <laughs> that that'll be good. Yeah, it's like you know when you there we go. When you cut and paste something in like Adobe, it it, uh, it drops it in as like you know one or whatever. Anyway, I don't know. okay. All right, it's the Chance of Gaming podcast episode fifty-five. I think we'll we'll just say fifty-five B because I think I miss put some things wrong. Okay, anyway, that's not important. What is important is Richard and Roy are here with me. Good evening, everyone. This is Rich from St. Louis, Missouri. Hey there, hi there, ho there. This is Roy from, not Wisconsin, but from Michigan. Saginaw, Michigan? Uh, no, that's, uh, let's see, Roger, was it Roger Miller? It's an old country song. Uh, I met a girl in Saginaw, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, that's an old-timey country song. Yeah, th that's like an, uh, one I just know from, like, popular culture. It's, you know, you just get those things with states. Like, you know, Wyoming uh -huh. doesn't exist. I mean, that, I've been to Saginaw. That's one thing, and but yeah, it's just weird. And uh, <laughs> Mississippi doesn't have that many. I don't know if it has many good songs about it. Usually, they're you know the Nina Simone Mississippi Goddamn is the one that's that's usually put out there. And, and I think Kid Rock mm -hmm. did Jackson Mississippi, which was really weird to to be in Mississippi at the time that that came out. We're like, what? Out of all the places in Mississippi. So, yeah. Do you suppose that there's a song or a song title about each and every state? Undoubtedly, yeah. I'm Unda sure there undoubtedly. is. Yeah. Uh, Although, you know, places like Rhode Island would be kind of a stretch. <laughs> I, I look. I no, there is you. there is one about Rhode Island. Um, in fact, there's one that uses a bunch of states' names, kind of like as puns. And Rhode Island is one of them. Is one oh, of the song, okay. ones in that song. Are, yeah. you, t are you talking about that Animaniacs song? That's I don't the, know if it was on Animaniacs, but it, oh. it's a it's a really it's a really old song because I know it's in public domain because it was at my daughter's dance recital a couple of years ago. You're you're right, Roy. That is countries that they go. I cannot even begin to do them all, but yeah. Anyway. And here. Sorry, I got a weird phone call. I'm, I had to decline it. Put them on, yeah, put, no, put them on the air. Put them on the air. Well, it's, we got a I, guest. It, it came up as potential spam, so yeah, I'm sure it's They've been trying to reach you for the, about your car's... Yeah. I don't want to talk I to I could have person. talked to him and been like, yes, tell me about my car. Because, <laughs> like, in, in Mississippi, um, you only need one person's consent to record a conversation. It's, I think there's a lot of states that are like that. Maybe New York. That, I think that, a lot of the, the, the things surrounding our fine president um, that is state, were... <clears throat> state law here that helps out with our, our... One of our biggest businesses here in Mississippi is divorces. It's, uh -huh. it's like for the people that have money in Mississippi, You, uh, if you're a lawyer, you can make a lot of money off of them as they get divorced. And that's one of the laws that helps things out. 
we do this tabletop show sometimes, occasionally, every other week or so. It's it's yeah, it's about gaming and mostly and, and beer as well. Tell me about beer. Founders Beer because that so, actually sounds familiar to me. Founders Brewery does. So Founders Brewery is in uh, Grand Rapids, and they they send beer all over the country. But uh, there's a particular sort of beer. It's a Cosmicky Breakfast Stout. So um, it is a this KBS beer is uh, it's 12% alcohol, and man alive, is it a heavy beer? Um, so that's uh, what we've been drinking around here lately. I'm you know Roy, I'm reasonably sure that is considered barley wine. That could be, yeah. I, I think so. Which yes, it, uh, and, and yeah, anything like that that I've ever sampled, you know, it, it's really, really crept up on me. And it's literally like by the third, I say literally a lot, but uh, literally I do. Um, the, <laughs> the third sip or so, it's like, oh, okay, I can't really stand up that well. What's going on? And yeah, I just kind of hit you. Yeah, so the... Well, that's uh, one in a breakfast beer. You want something that's just going to go ahead and knock you out for the day. <laughs> it's... Uh, my wife had one open on uh, Saturday morning at about 1130. <laughs> that kind of day. I've had those. Yeah, I guess so. Yep. Um, um, I will say, looking at their website, which will be linked in the show notes, hopefully correctly listed, unlike last time, um, there are 40 locations within 50 miles of me that uh, sell that beer. Sell founder. Okay. I, I knew I've seen it before. I just cannot think of a particular one offhand so i got it in or it was on the on the beer list at when we were in florida oh breakfast stout yes i have had that one because i yeah i'm looking at this now i remember the creepy kid on the on the uh the front of it and yeah so that's that's a slightly different variety of the same beer the uh the kbs is an imperial so it's a 12 percent. i think the breakfast stout the straight up breakfast stout is more like maybe a nine percent 8.3 according to this aha okay and uh, and it's a coffee stout, yeah. I mm-hmm. which I like. I like those. They also do that nitro beers, which are kind of like eh, I, I could take them or leave them. They're weird. They they sound weird when you open them. They taste weird. Mm-hmm. You guys ever tried yeah. nitro, nitro coffee or anything? Like with a yeah, super thick. Yeah, I've had both of them. Yeah. 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 It's, it's odd. You know, guys, we should re- legit do a beer exchange at some yeah. point. I'm um, down for that. It, I mean, technically, I'm pretty sure this is illegal, at least in my state. I'm not sure. <laughs> it would have to be do cans, because that really, really um, lessens your chance of damage. And, uh, yeah, just pack it really well and just send it. And then there mm-hmm. you go. I could send you two a six-pack. You could send me a six-pack. It would be awesome. And they all have yeah. to, they all have to be local stuff, and it all have to be stuff that we cannot get in our respective states. Although that would be kind of interesting for you two because you guys live like where the laws are kind of normal. I'd be very curious to see what you could like what you could get in Michigan that you couldn't get in Missouri and vice versa. It'd be interesting to see. Oh. So I can't just send you like a Bud Light. <laughs> that would that would be hysterical. Just like no, it's like a six pack of PBR. Here you go. Or five. Baroness Druner. You guys have this up there? It's called PBR. It's Pabst Blue Ribbon. You guys have Bud Light? What about Bud Light Lemonade? 
Look, I tell you one thing I drank the hell out of a few years ago because it was surprisingly so freaking good to drink was Coors Light. Coors, of all beers, put out like a a shandy or something, okay. and it was fantastic, at least to me. I loved it. Maybe everybody else thought it tasted like bong water or something, but I <laughs> really, really liked it, and I drank the hell out of it. Shandy's a good porch beer. Yeah. Anyway, I want to know about Roy's slightly embarrassing attempt at writing a role-playing game in, in okay. 1989 or based yes. in 1989. No, this is from 1989, stuff that I wrote when I was uh, 19 or 20. So uh, I, I was searching for some stuff the other day, and I ran across this stuff. So this is a, for a game called Gangland. And so Gangland... Um, Let's see. Is a tactical representation of gang warfare and inner city violence in the near future. So it's kind of a cyberpunk setting, uh, but specifically about street gangs. And so Gangland takes place during the 22nd century in the city of New Angels. New Angels is built on the site of the former city of Los Angeles, which was destroyed in the Great Quake of 1997. The city, despite its name, is a slimy pit of downtrodden and godforsaken people. The entire city is run by rival gangs that fight back and forth for turf. They terrorize and dominate the general populace of New Angels, the Pigeons. Mingling with them, all are the freelance crooks who serve only themselves. If ever the citizens of New Angels have a common enemy, it is the Sticks. Originally meant as peacekeeping police, they have degenerated into hired thugs employed by the wealthy penthouse owners. So this is a, um, there's just, there's maybe, I don't know, about a dozen pages of setting and a little bit of character creation and rules that I wrote when I was young and dumb. And so like I say, it's 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 vaguely embarrassing, but I don't know. I was kinda of, I took a trip down uh uh down memory lane this week. Did weekend. you ever play it? No. Never did. But <laughs> I, I I and I last week or last time around I, I talked about uh Dan from Chicago and uh there was I kind of consulted him and we collaborated on a little bit of this stuff here so anyway this was uh kind of interesting to find so now so, you're embarrassing him too well a little bit yeah but that's <laughs> that's why he that's a pseudonym <laughs> he he's re he's really ran from chicago he's <laughs> so uh, and uh oh i'm not gonna do a movie review this week uh i was gonna do one uh, there's a movie on hulu called radio flash which i have not finished but it's like super depressing, and it's about a uh, it's an EMP. These people are this uh, father and daughter are sitting in their in their house eating dinner, and uh, the power goes down, and there's an EMP, and so it's kind of their desperate uh, flight from their apartment in the city to um, grandpa's house out in the countryside. So it was depressing and rapey, and it kind of reminded me of The Road, which is an absolutely uplifting film too. Yeah, if you want to like like lose faith in humanity, check out the road. Uh, yeah. So Roy's entering his emo phase of movie reviews then. <laughs> I guess so. I know. Look, I guess I, so. I hate it when I'm sitting around eating with my family and a daggum EMP goes off. I hate it when that happens. I mean, right now we we've, we've just got locusts, but yes. I, oh yeah. I hate it when the uh, the EMP happens. So I guess I was gonna ask, was it a Hulu original or? No, I don't believe so. Okay. And I guess what drew me to it is that it has one of the hobbits from Lord of the Rings in it. Is the plays the dad, but he's he's taller in this one. 
So the um, the daughter is a uh, is a VR gamer, so like that's her thing that she does, uh, and so the so the opening like near near future kind of thing. Pretty yeah, I guess. Okay. Um, the and it starts really weird with a she's in this room where there's like toilets everywhere, but they're all upside <laughs> down on the wall. So there's there's like I don't know like like three dozen toilets on the wall like in a grid. And it comes to find out that she's in a VR simulation, and it's like a uh, an escape room, a VR escape room. So anyway, that was interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, I appreciate the high concept of stuff there, but, but just eventually I will. No, I don't know because like it's just it, it, like it's like the road where everything that they get beset on all sides by. Uh, um, violence and and you know we're gonna we're gonna rape your daughter and and so like she's hiding in the back of a camper and the guy that um has her is going to like gonna rape her and then another guy comes along and kills that guy and then this new guy is gonna rape her and i just it was it was a little not worth reviewing mm-hmm. but i mean as far as as far as cinema it's fine you know the for the story it was it was compelling but just not very um not in the spirit of what i want to review i completely understand that uh i but i guess i just did (laughs) well well, what have you been playing so uh still we have still have not had a an in-person game night yet so we've been playing on board game arena uh race for the galaxy roll for the galaxy port Michigan is a real cool place. I enjoy playing race and roll for the galaxy. Puerto Rico is a cool place as well, and also a cool game. What? Roy, literally, the first thing we just heard was Skylanders. We lost you. You said you Let's said go. like yeah, you, you said like two words and you were gone. Oh man! So All I, right. I'm gonna put Computer Roy in there, and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Let me start again then. Sure. My my 11 year old daughter is into Minecraft Dungeons or is into Minecraft, and so I downloaded and got Minecraft Dungeons, which is a dungeon crawler game. It's really Minecraft in name only. I mean, oh. it has all the graphics and everything. What what system? Uh, for uh Xbox. Okay. Yeah, the day it came out, I actually had all my kids here. They were all here for the summer. And, you know, they grew up playing Minecraft. They loved it. And so mm-hmm. the day it came out... I've been I, playing a lot of it, too, lately here. I paid, like, full price for it. Something I never, ever do with freaking console games, especially especially digital ones. Because you cannot get, mm-hmm. at, or at least at that time, you could not get a physical copy of it. So <clears throat> I buy it, you know, and I run in there to wake them up like, Hey, kids, I got this great new game, blah, blah, blah. And they didn't care. And I felt so oh. bad. So I actually played it myself recently, and I really dug it. Uh, Roy, it reminds me of the first Legend of Zelda on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Which one was okay. that one? Um, Boy, I don't know. Oh, gosh, that was a long time ago. Anyway, <clears throat> it just reminds me more of that, that, you know, mm-hmm. where you just walk around and you're, you're hitting stuff to get, like, gold or whatever, and... Your enemies are coming for you, and you just whack them. I don't know what type of game you call that, but that's what it reminds me of. 
I hear people compare it to Diablo. Yeah, that is true. It's golly, it's been a long time since I've played a Diablo game. I used to play the hell out of uh, Diablo 2. That was before, mm-hmm. you know, many people listening were born. But, uh, yes, it was a really fun game. <laughs> so, okay, you've got it on uh, Xbox. See, Richard could get it on Xbox. And, of course, I think I would have to get it on Xbox because I bought it for the PS4. And uh, we could all play. It'd be nice. Oh, right? yeah. All right. It'd be fun. Can, can you actually sit down with it and you could do, like, four-player co-op, right? On the same yeah. screen? Well, I only have two controllers, so it's we're playing two-player co-op. Okay. okay. Um, and then I forgot to mention, I got a game from some guy named Adam called Gang Rush Breakout. Oh, which yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I took a look at, and it is a... Um, it's 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 car wars or it's car warfare it's so it's it's kind of racing but you can throw out obstacles so imagine uh and the board is pretty short so you're going across a bridge uh it is um i guess like like uh mario kart where you're you're throwing out obstacles and basically you're trying to get to the end of the bridge with the most amount of money I'm Um, I'm guessing you're not throwing bananas, though, Roy. You're probably throwing bombs and and bad stuff. Okay, yeah. Yep. So it comes with uh, little cars, and I was trying to kind of thinking about how to visualize what what they are. And they scale to about a 12 millimeter. They're about a 12 mil scale, uh, these little cars. And one of them has a big Gatling gun on top of it. Nice. You might might be interested in... um... Playing them with uh, Gaslands was a rule yeah. set I've talked about a couple of times. Um, yep. yeah, that's the one that people chop up matchbox cars and whatnot for. So yeah, anyway. mm-hmm. yeah. I've they're, got the rule book for that, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I've, you know that's been kind of interesting to me, and I but I just have never gotten going with that. That's from Osprey Games, right? Um, yeah, seems like yes. And they even, it got super popular, and they did a second edition that kind of added in all the errata and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, the second edition is, is, the latest edition is less than a year old. Right, oh, wow. right, yeah. They came out relatively recently. So, Adam, what you been playing? Well, I was going to say, you've got backgammon on here, too. Oh, yeah. And I was wondering, are you one of those people that grew up playing it, or is it something new to you? No, uh, my wife played it growing up and uh, i remember when i was maybe 10 or 11 my uncle tried showing it to me but i was not i don't know i was not very attentive to to him showing me how to play it and it was it was an uncle i didn't see very often so I, that was kind of just that one thing at the at the family reunion picnic i work with a guy who that was like their his family game like every holiday or whatever you know they would just you know it Thanksgiving would just degenerate into like a thirty-man uh, backgammon tournament, you know, oh, kind yeah. of kind of thing. And uh, yeah, when he found out I liked tabletop games, he would just never shut up <laughs> about it. So I had him to like try to show me like how to play it, and yeah, it's it's kind of odd to me, you know. I, I don't get it because yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> so it, we it were was, more the nothing. checkers level of strategery. Yeah, I think so too. I think the the most was like strategia or risk, maybe. But yeah, none of those. It it is weird, you know. Tabletop gaming is in this renaissance and stuff now, but there are games that have been around just for like generations, you know. That just mm-hmm. old, older folks, you know, are kind of big into it. 
wherever you are listening to this, if you're in the U.S., I promise you there's a group playing bridge somewhere. There's a group of old, old white ladies playing bridge. <laughs> I promise you. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a my my pastor has a weekly bridge group. So here in Michigan, it's euchre. Not is anymore, the game of but, choice. You know. <laughs> euchre. Yes. It is a trick-taking game, and it's a very Michigan-specific sort of game. Although it's kind of the upper yeah. Midwest and is Canadian, more of their thing. Canadian as well, yeah. Yeah, because okay. a lot of hockey players play that. Is it played with just cards? Yes. So it's not played with a full deck. I think it's what maybe it's like maybe nine through ace. Yeah, I something think so. like that. I've played it before, but not many times. Cribbage is another one because uh, mm-hmm. I, I always see cribbage boards in antique stores. Mm-hmm. It forever. It, I was like, and occasionally it pops up on Reddit. People are like, "What are these boards I see in antique?" And people are like, oh, oh, wow. that's cribbage. That's what that mm-hmm. is." Yeah, and yeah. I still play cribbage quite a bit too. Last Christmas, my mother-in-law taught my my daughter to play cribbage, and now they play every time they get together. Hmm. And I uh, I played cribbage during the previous the, the inauguration of our current president. As, as a distraction. What was going on? <laughs> um, I'll tell you, another one that I have discovered locally, just because I see posts from people looking for a group, is called Whist. Yep, I've heard of that. I, look, the only way I know of it is uh, I've read the Horatio Hornblower novels, and Hornblower is an accomplished Whist player. And so that is the only... So I was really surprised to see this game that apparently was going on during the Napoleonic War. Uh, a group of people were looking to play it in South Mississippi. So, anyway. <laughs> Whist. You know, speaking of uh, cribbage, I read a World War II memoir novel about the USS Wahoo, which was a sub. And the the captain and the first mate were big cribbage players. And so they... That was their their nightly thing. So they'd play cribbage, and they had there was one night where they had somebody got a perfect twenty nine point hand, and so they they like took the that cards and they framed them, and that was kind of their good luck charm for that night. And that night they had gotten several, several you know successful attacks. Hmm. So that was a that was a USS Wahoo was that that memoir. Hmm. Let's see if I can I can find that out. I'll look that up. When, post it. In the, when uh, I was on the service. ship, we always played past the pigs. Yeah, on the on the the, the tactical table, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh huh. What is yeah. past the pigs? That. What is that? It's just like a press your luck game. You've got these two little pigs, and they each have a dot on one side, and you roll them like dice. And you know, if you can get them to like stand on their nose or um, stand on all four feet, you get a certain number of points, and you keep going until you want to stop. But if you ever roll them and they land on each side, they both land on their side, not showing and one doesn't, I think that's what it is, then you lose all the points that you just got and you have to pass them to the next guy. Hmm. It's a very simple game, but it's a, it's, it's a fun game when you got nothing else to do and you can stop at any time you want if uh, you get a sonar contact. <laughs> huh. Okay. Hmm. Um, so, I've been playing, our little uh, Bolt Action League has taken off pretty well. We have 13 players in it, and I have gone through my round one game and my round two game having lost both. 
So, um, yeah. It You're can, supporting all the newbies. Right. It uh, Making them feel better so they don't quit. That's <laughs> it. Um, so, you know, I just kind of... I'm continue to like the game. It's it's World War Two. It's fun. It's easy, you know, to play. And um, the weird thing is, it's like discovering a couple of guys through, I believe, no fault of their own, are actually running some pretty uh, op uh, lists. Like one of the the big lists to run is like uh, if you're Japanese, you get like these bamboo fighters. And uh, they're basically they're just dudes armed with bamboo spears, but they're fearless. I mean, they're basically like they are an advanced squad leader. You know, you can't break them, so mm-hmm. you have to kill them before they come all the way across the table and mess you up. So a guy ended up running one of those, and then I, I'm reading about it online, and they're like, "Oh, okay, this is one people take to tournaments." Okay, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. he got them because it was like, "Oh, this is just crazy. These guys are cheap and fun, and I'll, I'll yeah, they're half naked." And, uh, yeah, they're, like, literally in their underwear. A couple of models are in their underwear, and they're just, yeah, they have bamboo spears. So that's why I grabbed them. <laughs> so. that's, uh, uh, that's, I look like that when I go out to get the paper in the morning on, <laughs> on Sundays. With a bamboo spear to fight off yeah. the... Uh, yeah. yeah. What kind in of, my underpants. What kind of pest would be in Michigan? Uh, would it Polar be? bears. Polar bears? Okay, Polar yeah. bears. Yeah, I got you. Um... And somebody in our Bolt Action chat posted a scene from this uh, German miniseries called uh, Generation War. And I looked it up. It's on Prime. And I watched it. It's a miniseries, three hour and a half episodes. And it's pretty good. I'll link the trailer in the show notes. It's um, not a lot of action, but a lot of really good character development. It's like five friends that start the war off. Like, hey, yay, we're going, we're all Germans. Yeah, they're all Germans. And, you know, it's going to be fun. And we'll, you know, we'll get back together at Christmas time, you know, because the war will be over. And uh, this is where the narrator voice comes in. It, things did not go as planned. And uh-huh. so, yeah, it's it's two, it's two three males, two females. One of them's Jewish. And, yeah, it's, it's really, really good. I highly recommend it. And I'll link so them. it's yeah. a German Jew that's that's a soldier. Yeah. Well, no. Okay. No, no, no. Oh, but it, okay. it, he is he's a German Jew, and he's actually the girlfriend, the boyfriend of one of the German girls. And mm. it's it's early in the war. It's after after Poland has fallen, and around the time that Paris has fallen. So things haven't got that bad, and you see things start to get worse. All the way up to the point where he decides to try and leave is when they're like, okay, you have to wear a star. You have to sew a star on your clothes. Because mm-hmm. his dad's, his parents are, are ta- his dad's a tailor, he's a tailor, and uh, his dad is like, no, 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 we're still Germans. I fought in World War One. you know, they, they won't, they won't do anything bad, you know, to us. They won't do it. And, you know, we're Germans, so we have to follow the law. And Oof. his son is like, no, things are bad. We got to get out of here. So, uh, it's really interesting. But the, basically, the whole miniseries is about the German invasion of Russia, which spoiler alert doesn't go well. And uh, it went really well for about four weeks. Yeah, and it went really well for the uh, the Russians, you know. But yeah, eventually, yeah. 
It's basically, it's, let's see, two of them are, two of the males are, they're brothers, they're soldiers, and one of the females decides, hey, I'm going to be a nurse, and she gets, she goes, volunteers to go to a field hospital, and so it's just, their lives just go to shit over the next, like, two years, so, yeah, it's, it's really, really good. You know, it's it's in German, so just pay attention, read your subtitles, and you'll be all right. Uh, Amazon Prime is good for uh, good for stuff like that. that I, I think I've mentioned it before, but they have a whole lot of uh, of Russian World War II movies that are pretty good too. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, so when I say pretty good, they're they're very propagandistic and sometimes very cheesy. But when I say good, I don't necessarily mean like accurate and well made but interesting i'll say that very sure. entertaining and interesting uh you can also find some polish stuff on there of and they're pretty proud of their history like around like the the 1600s or whatever um the day of the siege i think is one yeah just think uh you know polish winged hussars that that type of mm -hmm. of air you know there's a lot of that stuff on there and I've mentioned it before on the show. I absolutely love Amazon Prime because it's just like going into a video store in the 80s. There's all kinds of shitty movies you've never heard of on the wall. It's like, what? Where is it? This is from like 1992. I've never heard of this. And yeah, it sounds terrible. And yeah, it is. And I just love that. And it, for me, it's like that. Netflix is too refined for me. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> to get on here, you you have to be kind of good. We don't put any crap on here. You know, we're very, <laughs> very, you know, strict about what gets on here. Amazon's like, you know, hey, can you upload it yourself? Yeah, okay. Well, it's on here then. There you go. Thanks. And uh, yeah, I look. Working in the film industry, it is well known that Amazon has a very lax policy about what gets put on Prime. That's why you always see these a shitload of independent movies is it's literally people uploading their own independent films. It's like, oh, I've never heard of this science fiction movie that was shot in, like, you know, 2019. I've never heard of any of these people in it. And sure enough, it's some dude from Backwoods, Nevada. Him and his friends put together, scraped together 2000 bucks and made a movie. Yeah, there's, it's well known that there's a lot of that on there. So, Anyway, the only other, th uh, the next thing, not the only other thing, the next thing was uh, my wife and I competed in an NRL 22 match um, a week or so ago. And I uh, just wanted to talk about that. That was fun. If you're from not America, the 22 caliber rifle is a really, really tiny round. It's very, very small. It's, um, gosh, what would you say about half this, half the height of, of, of a AAA battery? Oh, let me do math here. Oh yeah, it's oh, definitely okay. smaller than a AAA battery. <laughs> well, yeah, it is, but I'm saying like half the height is super small. It's probably about, it's about yeah. an inch. So thereabouts. It's five, five and a half millimeter, is the is the the diameter of the bullet. Okay. Speak American, Roy. Well, I'm I'm just I'm well, I'm expanding our our borders. That's the, that's the 22. It breaks down to five and a half millimeters. It's really small, and it, here in the states, it's like it's the first gun you give your children. 
I, I know, just mm-hmm. as crazy as that sounds for people that mm-hmm. are from not America and not in the South, especially. It's literally the first gun after, like, a BB gun, which is simply an air and, rifle. And it doesn't kick any more than a BB gun, really. No, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's re- yes. It really, and you can really get, doesn't. like, a big, huge, industrial-sized buckets or bucket of 22 <laughs> rounds for, like, 10 bucks on sale or something. Right, so. right. Well, you could <laughs> before the panic buying started uh, again. So, uh, anyway... Uh, NRL 22 is all about long distance shooting with it. And so are people buying up 22 rounds so they can shoot their COVID crazed neighbors? Yes, it is. They're buying up everything. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got some pictures I'll try to post in the show notes. I've taken of like go, going to like uh, the local academy sports and the entire ammo uh, aisle is empty except for those like really weird rounds. It's like uh, .17 millimeter, or, you know, it's like a .22 Winchester Magnum. Just this crazy stuff that nobody has a gun for, or like <laughs> somebody's grandpa does, you know, whatever. But it is. But anyway, NRL 22 is all about distance shooting. I got into it to see if I would be in. I, I became interested in precision rifle shooting, which is where you can, you're hitting targets at a thousand yards you know 1200 yards is kind of the norm and so with the 22 in this match our longest shot was 400 yards which is insane with the 22 yeah Yeah. and i'm shooting at a uh a target that's probably nine inches by nine inches about that big so yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, you've got to take you're taking into account windage, you know, all this stuff, and there's a lot of science to it, which I don't mm-hmm. understand. But I had I bought a book and had a guy there like help talk me through it, like how this would work, you know. And it's all about like getting your scope done correctly, and uh, yeah, it's got so you say you and your wife are are you competing separately or are you competing as a team because like a lot of sniper teams they have one person that's the shooter and one person that's the spotter right it's uh we're doing separately but yeah in precision rifle you can't you can do teams and that's like where one person has the the glass and it's like okay you were about six inches to the left or whatever mm-hmm. and, yeah but okay. um yeah uh we that was her first one that was about my fifth one i think i started uh late last year doing it just to see if i would like it and i really do we have a nice range Mm -hmm. about 40 minutes away and that's where i went so anyway just what we're doing you have one of these fancy guns that they have on the website here um i know right those things look crazy and they look like science fiction stuff that people are bringing them out uh i don't i bought kind of a a normal one and uh spent way more money than I ever thought I would on a scope and mm-hmm. uh, yeah I do okay um, w- with that and uh, the co- cool thing about it is what they did with this one was you have a prize table which are it's sponsored by all these companies you could win a gun you could win you know half off this or free that and just by entering into the uh, the match you got one ticket. And if you shot a special target, that got you another ticket. If you placed first, second, or third, you got three extra tickets. 
And, um, yeah, sure, I mean, it did work out. I know some people don't like that kind of lottery system, but the guy that placed, uh, like, I know the guy that placed third won, like, three things off the, the table. Even uh, I managed to win something, and my wife did, too, off of it, which was great, because we were, like, in the 30s. <laughs> we were, like, way down there. We were, like, in the 30s out of, like, 40-something people, so, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, the there's it's a hell of a lot of fun because it's a 22 i just love being able to you feel so accomplished hitting like a target at like 300 yards with a 22 you know it's like mm-hmm. damn it's that was fun anyway uh the next thing was there's a new edition of warhammer 40,000 that dropped uh, a couple of days ago i think it was midnight friday night it dropped and it had me d- start digging out all the figures i have and inventorying them because maybe this time, for real this time, I'll actually play it. I said this five years ago in the last edition, but it didn't end up happening. But, uh, yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, at Chance of Gaming, you'll see, like, the pictures I've posted. I've gone through my towel and through uh, my Adeptus Mechanicus. And tonight I'll be going through my Imperial Guard stuff. And I still have two more armies left to go through. Wow. Yeah, you know, this is an expensive hobby. Really, you know, mm-hmm. you should be playing it if you keep buying this. But I don't know. That's just so, me. That's how Ad- I am. Adeptus Mechanicus, hey, those are the guys in the red robes, too. right? Yes, the guys in the red robes. Yep, okay. that's them. So, that, what did you say, Rich? I just said buying games is a hobby, too. Oh, yes, yeah. it is, truly. But they they're they from Mars? Is that what I understand? Yep. It is. That's okay. where, where they're from. They're cybernetics. They worship the machine god, who they believe is the emperor. And, uh, yeah, so they're part mm-hmm. of the good guys, quote-unquote, okay. as much as anybody can be good in this grim, dark world. <laughs> and uh, the last thing I had was I got a shipping notice for my copy of Escape the Dark Sector. And uh, I backed this. Good Lord. When, when did this Kickstarter end? It ended... Uh, I don't know. The last update was today, yesterday, but <coughs> it's been over a year. I think I was supposed to get it like in March of this year, but you know, COVID happened. So, always been interested in uh, Escape the Dark Castle, and when this game popped up, it's pretty much the same game with the science fiction setting. I was like, okay, sold. I'll I'll get in here and I'll buy it. So. I guess I'll get it <clears throat> probably in about a month and a half if it's coming from uh, jolly old England. But maybe there was a North American distributor, 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 and uh, maybe I'll get it in a week. But we'll see. Anyway, so Rich, what have you been playing? I sent you something as well, um, too, by the way. I guess you haven't got it. No, no, I did get that. Uh, I haven't played it yet. I just got it. Uh, I think it came yesterday. Um, and I. I've I've got a big huge game on my table right now, so I'm not breaking out anything new. But um, I've been playing on Vassal. I've been playing Empire of the Sun, um, which I've been playing that quite a bit lately. So Golly, uh, that's like a mark. This is like the third episode I think you've been playing it. Yeah, well, this one game has been going, and I've been playing some solitaire games against the uh, against the AI too. But it's it's really good. I'm liking it. Um, it's uh it's an interesting game uh i definitely i'm gonna finish up this game our current game probably this thursday and then i'll probably put that one away for a while 
Um, but yeah, it's a Mark Herman game. It's World War II Pacific Theater, strategic, well, grand operational, I would say, rather than strategic, because you don't get to decide what you build. Um, and it's, yeah, it's the entire Pacific War, basically. So it's, uh, we're having a good time. We're playing it. We probably would have finished last week, except for the fact that two weeks ago, Vassal, the servers went down and we couldn't play that night. So, um, yeah, Empire of the Sun. Uh, this, this weekend on, uh, we had another game scheduled that got canceled, you know, things come up with people. So, uh, a friend and I played the U S civil war. We played just a single turn scenario of that one, 1863 game. Uh, and it was interesting. I had never played the 1863 before. I've always either started at the beginning in 1861, or I think I've played 1862 also. But when you start in 1863, the, the armies are really spread out. There's like uh, every game I've ever played of the U S civil war guys have kind of concentrated their armies and just kind of wandered around just hammering each other. Um, but in this one, the armies were all very spread out. So there was a lot of one strength point armies all over the map and played very different, but you know, it was fun. Um, because this was 1863, we actually, most of our uh, battles, we had a couple big battles up in Virginia I think, I think Matt calculated that in between our three battles, we lost something like 90,000 men. It was insane. Um, but we actually fought a lot of battles in Mississippi as well. He was, he was trying to take Vicksburg, which he didn't. He did get a bunch of other cities in Mississippi, and I took some back. And, um, but yeah, your neck of the woods got fought over quite a bit this Saturday. Well, see, I, w- I would love to know like what cities. You know, I could tell you if it was worth it <laughs> to, get, to get those. Well, I think I think Jackson actually traded hands. Yeah, that's the and, capital. Yeah, you gotta go. For yeah, that. yeah. I can't remember what else. Um, he moved up from the south, and I know he did not get Vicksburg before we ended. So, because um, it had a, a level three fort on it, and that's pretty tough to take in this game. And then, like I said, on my table right now, I have Hungarian Rhapsody set up, which is the latest OCS game, Operational Combat Series by Multiman Publishing. Uh, this one just came out. Um, all I've really done is punch it and set it up and read the, the rules. Um, I've I've played around with OCS before, but I've never really jumped into it. But I'm definitely jumping in both feet right now. So I think this game is going to be on my table for a while, like at least at least a month or two. You know, I may set up a second smaller game somewhere, but this is going to be my main game for the next month or two. And then um, I've heard, I know Roy, I've heard you've that talk- game called. I've heard it referred to as Richard's Rhapsody. So yeah, that it says that, but you gotta you gotta write it yourself on the box. Okay. I so. was uh, <laughs> so I saw the title and I was just reminded of uh, it's you know Ava Gabor covering Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Did. You- <laughs> <laughs> That's so I, I have been listening to uh, to list. Uh, play uh, Hungarian rap. Well, not play, but other people play lists Hungarian rhapsodies while I was setting up the game, and I forgot yeah. how beautiful that piano music is. So, <laughs> and then Roy, you've been playing on. You said it was board game arena, right? Yeah. I had a, a guy that I know send me a link to another game site called Yukata.de, which is German, um, but it's an English website. I mean, I think it's in English and German. Um, okay, yep. But they've got a bunch of games on there, and the game that we're play- currently playing is Sekigahara, which I think I right. I played that a couple months ago with someone, but the setup is really good. I mean, it 
first of all, the graphics are good. It's like full 3D graphics. Um, the the enforcement of the rules is we're, we're only a couple turns into it, but it's good so far. Like if you play a loyalty card, it automatically checks the other person's hand. It doesn't tell you anything about their hand. It just says, yes, they have a loyalty card. They have that suit or no, they don't, which is all you really need to know. But, um, it's, it's a really good implementation of the game. I mean, it's interesting. It, all right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you still have to know how to play. I don't, know if there's rules on there or not but if you do the game you know it enforces the rules and it moves around and it looks really good so there's a bunch of other games on there but Sekigahara is the only one i've played so far st petersburg is on here which is a game that i enjoy yeah mm -hmm. so psychic gahara okay i got you yeah psychic gahara that's that new anime series we were talking about <laughs> and gmt made a game about it that's pretty cool yep yep so, uh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I wanted to uh, mention, I was curious as to, have you guys been COVID tested yet? I have nope. not. I haven't needed to, thankfully. I am being very good about isolation. I've, so I've been studying thing, for though, it. You've been studying for it. <laughs> part of the reason that I've been so strict about isolation is because I've been training for a triathlon. Um, and I really don't want to not only get sick, but, you know, have permanent respiratory damage or long-term respiratory damage. But now uh, the triathlon's been canceled, so now I'm just I'm – still, I'm still training because I'll do it next year, and I still don't want to get sick. But I, I'm an introvert, so it's pretty easy for me to stay isolated anyway. You could socially distance the triathlon. You would actually have to do it just based on times. It would have to be, you show up, there's nobody next well, to you, and they're like, and go, and they click the thing. Well, I'm I'm going to do it myself the day that we were supposed to have the race. I'm, I'm just going to, I mean, I won't be able to do it all in one spot, so I'll go like, I'll go to the pool, and then I'll find a place where I can bike and run, and just, hmm. just so I can say I did it, and then I'll do it next year when hopefully COVID is a bad memory. So, Adam, is this, uh, is this question, is this from a... Uh... Why are you asking this question? I guess. Uh, well, hang on, hang on. I was gonna say that uh, Richard, we should be, we should had uh, should have had uh, "Gonna Fly Now" as the music bed right there when you were talking about doing the um, the thing, you know, the Rocky music. <laughs> yep. Go ahead, stick it in there when you do your your editing tomorrow. Uh, I don't know, that's a lot of work. Anyway, I was just I, I was just saying it's like at this point I know in in my world it's like the COVID test it it's become kind of like a rite of passage at, at, <laughs> yeah. at, at this point in these times that we live in that uh, you know I mean golly a lot lot of people I know not only have been tested once but been tested multiple times oh wow but I mean I work in the media so it's we are going out there i don't know if you heard but like the mississippi legislature had a huge covid outbreak in the capital we i think currently have like one lawmaker on a ventilator and like three or four in the hospital in icu and then we i think have like 30 or 40 other people uh like staff members and other lawmakers and stuff like that ended up sick with it and people have criticized the lax mask policy that was going on at the capitol and you know of course i can't comment on that but it 
working in the media, it's like we either we or people that we work with are there. And so, yeah, I mean, ever since like March, um, I, I know tons of people. I know one guy that has had four COVID tests since March, all negative. Hmm. It's just weird. It really, really is. It's like in this time, you know, you I guess, you know, if you're not freaking 15 or 25 or whatever, you start kind of second guessing like every, you know, like, hey, my, my throat is sore. Or how long have I had this headache? Or is that a tickle? Oh, yeah. Is that a tickle in my throat? Am I, am I am I congested? I mean, I swear, if I ever woke up one day coughing, the first I would just haul ass to get tested. I really would yeah. because it's it's you know I, I wear a mask everywhere I go, and I don't go out much. I mean, but obviously I do go to the grocery store here and there. I go to the pool, but I stay away from everyone. I get the lap lane to myself and all that. Um, but the worst feeling in the world is when you are out in public wearing a mask. And you have to cough or sneeze. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, because yeah. even if you're not sick, everybody's everybody looking coughs at you. and sneezes sometime. But yeah. <laughs> You'll see people just like running away from you. Ah. <laughs> so yeah. So, I did hear on NPR today that they are the opening. Uh, they've started giving shots of a trial, like a, a phase three trial or whatever. They want thirty thousand. Entrance to get a placebo or maybe the the vaccine, and if you go to the NPR website, you can you can sign up for it. And they they need so many people because yeah they're not going to expose you to the virus, but they're gonna um, they want that big of a pool of, of people because at least some people are going to get exposed. Um, so anyway, if you want to be part of a of a of a trial, uh, go check it out at the NPR website, and maybe you can uh, you can get a vaccine. Or maybe yes. you'll get, you know, sugar water. Or... St. Louis is one of the hot spots right now, but I know there are trials going on here as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. or, or, Roy, you might get the government, the Bill Gates microchip. You know, oh, yeah. You know, just... I, I, I welcome my robot over, overlords. <sighs> Look. Yeah, I mean... after, Adam, after you got your COVID test, did you do a metal detector across your nose so you could find out where they put the chip? <laughs> no, no, no. They, they're, they're making them out of silicon nowadays, so you can't it. <laughs> Look, uh, just a couple of comments on that. Like, number one, people keep talking about, like, oh, yeah, 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 you know, things will be better, we'll have a vaccine, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you forget, man. This is America. We have this huge anti-vaccine movement. So mm -hmm. the minute you start saying stuff like, okay, the kids can't come back to school until they have their COVID vaccine, oh, gosh, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. You're going to get more, more Karens out protesting that way. And so, there's that. And my two comments, really, on the COVID test. Number one, it's, like, very uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable. They put this thing, like, up up your nose. The, the guy, I mean, yeah. I, I had friends that had it done, so I knew what Did was they do it, or did you do it? They do it. Okay, because my daughter had one. She's the only one in my family that's needed to have one. And she actually did it herself. She went to... A local drug uh, pharmacy, CVS, and she got in the car. She made an online appointment, waited in the car. They came out to her, gave her the test. She did it herself, gave it back to them, and then she got an email a couple days later. Now, see, I did that. I went through the drive-through testing, and only they they literally like roll. I rolled my window down, and I kind of just leaned out, and there you go. They did it. Um, 
which it's they it tickles your brain. It goes up in there, and <laughs> they're like, "This is." They're like, "You know, this is going to be uncomfortable." I'm like, "I know, I know." And they're like, "Well, just breathe through your mouth. Open your mouth and just breathe through your mouth." So I was like, <gasps> "You know," as, as they're probing <laughs> probing around in there. It's very very uncomfortable, and uh, yeah. And so the, uh, my other comment on it's gonna COVID, hit your reset switch. Yeah, my my only other comment on the COVID test was if you've ever played the game The Last of Us, I feel like they did a really really good job in making the, just the pandemic look realistic. Because in The Last of Us, the pandemic has already happened. It's like you know twenty thirty years later, but still. A lot of times, you as a character have to go back in through these areas where they set up people for testing or whatever for this virus, and it looks so incredibly similar to like what we're doing now. It's almost scary because, hmm. like for me, it's like I went to this part of town that I didn't know there was anything there. It was like an abandoned farmers market, if if that's the thing. It's about a city block size. It's the military was there. Now, granted. They're not all geared up. There's no guns, you know. They're just in whatever the normal pants, boots, and just a t-shirt. And they're just, they're wearing masks and they're waving you through. There's nothing threatening there, but it's still, it's the military. You know, you, you, that kind of goes in your mind. And you go through a little line and, and whatnot. And just, yeah, it's just, it's very much, I could see how if, if my tinfoil hat was too tight, that would kind of freak me out. So, yeah, just anyway. So you did not have a, a 50 caliber machine gun pointed your direction? No, no. I was not okay. forced huh? to go in there or anything. You know, I did not have the the, uh, the zombie bite I was trying to conceal, and somebody caught me. <laughs> you know, the dogs – no, the dogs started barking like a Terminator. And, and, you know, they, no, none of that happened. Not yet. Right. It happened. Yeah. And, yes, I tested negative. Thank you for asking. My, my health is okay. And, uh, yeah. Which was weird. It came in via email, and it wasn't. You think like that should be the subject line? Is like, you're negative, and but no, it was like test results. Click here. So did you do the the George Costanza where you said negative? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I clicked here, and I'm just sitting here like waiting for an eternity, you know. Just and now, granted, I am not symptom symptomatic. It was my boss tested positive. So it was like, okay, you got to get tested. So I was like, okay, you know, whatever. So do the, you do the, you start, you go into quarantine and schedule your test and yeah, just go from there. And, you know, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll again, but I will say, don't take medical advice from us because we just talk about tabletop games. You don't take any of this as like what you should or should not do. So you should consult the doctor for that. Or, you could consult Mike at alterdementia.com. Do you need a tinfoil hat? He could 3D print you one. It will not be made out of tinfoil. I don't know what it would be made out of. What do you think? T uh, not resin. What is that stuff? Is it like plastic? Filament. Filament. Yes, you could yeah. have a filament hat. I hear those are really good. They're well, better. I think they make um, metallic filament, too. Could be. I don't know. We'll to, you could ask him. Just You could... Go to the show notes. It's alterdimension.com. Email Mike. Ask him if he could do you like a, a metal hat, a tinfoil hat, or not, <laughs> or just a, a filament hat. Would Ask him, does he think that would work for the Bill Gates microchip thing? I don't know. 
But yeah, and always use your discount code of COG2019 to save up to 20%. So there you go. Now to what's on your radar. Richard is going to take us through the GMT update. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to read the whole thing or anything, but GMT did put out another update. Um, what, what so, was the most exciting thing you saw off here? Uh, I think the most exciting thing that I saw, I'm, I'm really interested in Border Reavers. Um, mostly just because it's an Ed Beach game, because um, great campaign to the American Civil War, that's Ed Beach. Here I stand, that's Ed Beach. So two of my absolute favorite games are both Ed Beach. So the fact that this one's coming out, I'm not – I haven't P500'd it yet. I haven't decided if I'm going to or not, but I might be really tempted when it shows up at Miniature Market. Um, Anglo-Scottish Anglo border raids in the you know, 1500s. So to be honest, I mean there's nothing wrong with that subject. It's just not something that jumps out at me, but the fact that it's at Beach is really interesting to me. Well, see, I find it um, interesting because it's obscure. You know, it's that nobody... Right, right. Yeah, so... Yeah, but and, and I, I sort of have two schools of thought about that. Sometimes I am interested in some history and I want to play a game about it, and sometimes I find a good game and then I want to find the history behind it. So I'm kind of in that situation with Nev Nevsky that I've just barely touched, but I can't really find any good books from that, that game, so... Um, I like both to go together. You should ask Volka. He'll tell you. Yeah. Whatever. Well, he's got a, uh, he's got a like a bibliography in there, but they're all like out of print stuff. So. Uh. Um, other than that, I mean that like the new P five hundreds, nothing really jumps out at me. There's another expansion for last hundred yards. Uh, there's an, uh, I don't know that you call it an expansion, but sort of an expansion for unconditional surrender Europe. It's actually like a smaller version. Um, so those are. You know, I, I'm not interested in getting a smaller Unconditional Surrender Europe because I like the big one and I've already got it. Um, other than that, I think the biggest sort of news is that apparently people are, are being jerks to customer service over at GMT, which I think is stupid because GMT just gave away like a thousand games to people that are out of work. Literally just gave them away. Said, hey, if you're out of work because of COVID... Uh, email us and we'll give you two free games. Oh, that's really so, nice. Uh, what, yeah, what you they... do something really nice and then people complain and say, where are my games? So what, what were they mean to customer service about? I think they were mad about like shipping. I mean, GMT, just like everyone else, has been having people work from home and the warehouse is understaffed and uh, customer service, I guess, is, you know, everything's just more difficult right now. So I think that's the problem they're having. Now, I so, be say, nice. Yeah, you should always be nice. Be nice. <laughs> uh, one I was interested in out of this email was Atlantic Chase. Yeah, you're into the Battle of the Atlantic lately. I saw you. You saw the movie, and then you got some Hunters games, right? Yes, the Hunters. You and gotta the let hunting. me know when you play those because I'm interested. And there's a, I think there's a third one too. I guess I think it's coming. Um, okay. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I. I yeah, I need to actually clear off some table space and try to find And are those are those solitaire only? Yes, they are. Yes, okay, they are. all right. So which works perfect for me. Let me know how those me. play. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think the only other thing was what uh, a time for trumpets I thought was neat. Cause just because it comes with a ton of stuff, that is the next uh, Last 100 Yards game, right? 
No, no. The next last hundred yards game is um, is Solomon Islands. It's just an expansion. So next expansion, I think, is Airborne, maybe, and then uh, Solomon Islands after that. What am I thinking? What is uh, Time of Trumpets? I thought it was done by... Time of Trumpets is probably Battle of the Bulge. Oh, uh, yeah. I think you're right. It looks snowy. Yeah. I mean, it's at the printer, and uh, I mean, it looks like it comes with a ton of maps, a, a ton of counters. I know that's important, but I don't know. Yeah, what I scale. think that's kind of cool because it looks like I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you put all the maps together, but it's you know, not everybody has a huge table, and even big games, I find that if they offer one map scenarios, a lot of times that's it's just a lot easier to play those just because people can't always, you know. Get a, a big huge table. I mean, I'm I've been playing around with the uh, Grand Operational System series or GOSS, whatever it is, and those are all huge. I mean, literally, like I don't have a table to fit the biggest one on, but you know, they have one map scenarios, and you get the full depth of the game without necessarily the size of it. So, and OCS is kind of the same way. Hungarian Rhapsody is only two maps, which is nice. Yeah, a time for trumpets is apparently a battalion level. What? I'm not sure what that means. It's a battalion level game of Battle of the Bulge, and uh, I guess yeah, I guess it's gonna come with a whole bunch of stuff because the MSRP on it is 149. That's gotta be a huge ass GMT game, and uh, the P500 yeah. price is 89. That's a pretty good deal. And yeah, a good deal, yeah. So there you go, GMT. That's Gene. I I swear. Richard, one thing I will every single time I get the GMT update, I want to start on YouTube with a puppet reacting to the GMT mailer, just going over everything. Like, golly, Gene, why do you want to do another Battle of the Bulge game? I don't get it. <laughs> you know, just just to be stupid, just so, you know, just something dumb that you know, hopefully somebody would go, oh my god, have you seen this? And just start passing it around. Anyway. I noticed that a lot of your ideas are just to do something dumb. Just something dumb with puppets. That's where my mind is. Constantly. <laughs> something dumb with puppets. That, that's, that's me. That's where I live. You know, Look, I, it wasn't until I actually worked on a puppet show that I was like, that's, that's what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be a puppeteer. Why did I not know that? Why did it take me till I was you know, 35 to figure this out? So, anyway. Whatever. Uh, on to actual news. Um, I can never remember what I put on here, but who's talking? I put this one on. Ah, okay. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. Um, so apparently, Numenera is now going to have a D and D fifth edition book. Um, so Monty Cook, who's the developer of the Numenera system, um, he, correct me, I think he was a developer for three point five D and D, maybe. Yep, he came correct. from D&D, um, and then he left D&D to start his own company, Monty Cook Games, and he came up with Numenera and the Strange and the Cypher system, which is sort of their generic system that covers all that. Um, so these are all RPGs, um, and it's an interesting system. I've got the Cypher system book. Numenera, um, I've never played it, and I don't have any of the books, but I've sort of read about it, and it's – I mean, it's a – it's a, definitely an interesting system. It's unique. It takes place like a million years in the future or something like that. Um, it's a, you know, totally made from scratch world by Monty Cook. Um, but it had it literally its own system. You would buy the Numenera RPG. And now 
they're putting out a Numenera source book for Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. So, I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I found his uh, Secret World, and um, there's another one that I found to be really interesting. I really like his world building. Because it's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's what Numenera is all about, is this unique world. It's like, hey, here's this crazy thing, uh, you know, whatever, it's this you know, Sphinx, it's green, or whatever, and here's the backstory of it, and I'm like, wow, that's just really interesting, and it really makes me want to buy that module so I can learn more about it. So, mm -hmm. you know. So, uh, the next thing we had, which Modifius and Adam Coble agreed to remove Adam's contribution to the Dune Energy. <coughs> I was reading this today, and I had to go on, like, uh, Reddit's, like, out-of-the-loop thing, to try and get a better understanding of what the guy did. That yeah, was... we talked about it, I think, on the last show a little bit. Obviously, didn't go into the detail. Um, well, but basically, he had like a, a, was it a YouTube stream or Twitch oh, or one is, of those? What he, was it called? It was called, I'm sorry, go ahead. He's a very popular uh, online DM, and that's kind of like how he makes his money whatever and so this was like in his regular thing uh his regular game far, far or, verona or or whatever uh it's called far verona yes okay um in the the thing uh you know we we talked about uh that you know the D, &D race that a guy won a contest and made uh they're they're called warforged from everon mm -hmm. <laughs> all right I, it was a character was playing one of those, and his whole thing was like, I just want to experience something human, you know, like a real boy. Because, well, you know, <laughs> Warforged are basically robots, sort of. Now I want to make a Pinocchio Warforged. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was kind of like that that innocent, you know, level. And, you know, that's kind of something normal. It's a robot that wants to be human. And, and whatnot, and he was like, ha-ha, well, me as the DM, I'll fix your wagon. I'm just going to have this character plug this thing into you, and quote-unquote gave the guy a robo-orgasm, which caused all the players to kind of like look at him like, what? And then the stream ended. So, yes, yeah, so it was. this is considered... Um, inappropriate of character, sexual assault, whatever. Yeah, and so that is what has caused him to become persona non grata in the uh, gaming world. So, there you go. And uh, in the Reddit uh, thread that we'll have linked in the show notes, you can actually watch the video in question, and um, yeah. So, yeah. It was a robot that wanted human feelings and got touched inappropriately. There you go. So and now you know. Uh, so um, the next thing I know is plus. Plus, the other reason I wanted to link that is just so I could hear you say Modifius again. Modifius, I, I got it right though, right? Yeah. <laughs> you've said it so many times now that you've yeah, nailed it every time. Yeah. I'll try to screw it up next time. Bored. You need to go back to like episode two or whenever we yeah. first mentioned that company and. Bored. <laughs> Morpheus? Is it Mor Mor Morpheus? Um, I think you did do Morpheus the first yeah. time. Morpheus is a little guy with sunglasses that wants me to you take, take two the blue pills. pills. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the next thing we have, 
uh, is on Kickstarter. This is Animal World War. Tactical Wargaming on Modular Battlefields. All right. This has my Tell name. me this doesn't look like it checks every one of Adam's boxes. It does. It does. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. we got 16 days to go. They need 14 grand. They've raised six. So, oh, it's Australian. This is it is squad based combat herbivores versus carnivores World War II <laughs> style and theme. So I mean it looks like the herbivores are the good guys. Why do they have to be the good guys? Why? <laughs> and then uh, yeah the bad guys are yeah the the axis basically are lions foxes and is that a dragon a lizard something? I don't know. It is yeah, okay. It's locked. In, yep. Locked into the exit. Ex, okay. In the herbivores, though, next to the rhino, that looks like a raptor to me. I don't think he's an herbivore. Look at that. Isn't beak. that a? Isn't that a ram? No, yeah. not below him. Next to him. To the rhino's right. Okay. That looks like That's... a raptor. It does. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Which which artwork? Oh, okay. You, oh. you scroll down, Roy. Scroll down. Scroll down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does look like one of those birds from Root. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, <laughs> oh, he, there you go. He, okay. He's eating millet. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Golly, I'm getting saga vibes from that. Big time. Um. So, okay. Look I think the uh, modular board looks kind of cool, though. Yes, absolutely it does. This is the yeah. existential conflict in the right to eat versus the right to not be eaten. <laughs> I will. You'll wage war across destructible terrain and accomplish challenging objectives to push your war effort toward victory. So, um, yeah. Uh, okay, there's a YouTube channel when you click on it. It's Hans Discover Discoverers. He's actually done some stuff okay so this is not miniatures is it uh no or like, is it looks more like a modular board game if it was miniatures it'd be really small looks like you're moving around just a uh, it's a hex encounter game for sure and, stand up figures yeah where's my miniature stretch goals that's what i need and oh yeah, yeah that's kind of what i was uh envisioning this was going to be well, let's see. Hold, no. hold on. Okay. That's just 10 copies. So there's I, no crazy pledge. Yeah, well, I mean, I can get 10 copies of it and 250 business cards. That seems an odd thing to put on there, or unless I'm just not reading into it. It, like, gives away something free or something. And above that, 250? Wow, that is a lot of stuff. You do. You get the everything that Half Monster Games has made over the past three years. Includes all previous tier rewards as well as a woodcut herb, herbor, herbivoria and <laughs> carnivoron badges, a special so, Captain Army helmet. So just for clarification, uh, the $250, this $250 Australian, which equates to $178 in Freedom Dollars. Yes. Man, you get a lot of stuff with that. Um, yeah. And they've actually got six backers on that. But I, if it's coming from Australia, I'd be really worried that it would. I'd be hit with like two hundred dollars in shipping or something. You know. I mean, maybe I'm just completely wrong, but you know. 
shipping will be charged. It doesn't say what it is. How much can you get just the game for? It can. Mm. I know you can do the ten dollar thing. Thirty five bucks. It's Australian forty nine dollars, thirty five dollars, and that is an early bird one, which they, the you've got twelve left. Past that, it'd be fifty nine, which is forty three dollars. I don't know. It does look interesting, Richard, but I need I need miniatures is what I need. But at that scale, they'd have to be really small. I do really <laughs> like the the tiles, though. It's kind of neat. I don't know. They've got about two weeks left to go, and they have not hit half their goal. I don't know. Is that when you fall into despair? It won't work, or will yeah. people come through at the the last maybe, minute? Maybe when they relaunch, they'll have miniatures. Could when be. people listen to this. Yes, absolutely. That is when it will. We're going to be the driver there. That's where I go. Just tell them you. Yep, and they will thank you by sending you the uh, the <laughs> captain's pack, Adam. Yes, yes, that's what I want. Just the helmets, Lonnie. So uh, the last thing we've got are some Star Wars stuff. Uh, I actually have a Legion tournament next month that I am preparing for because, and only because, uh, it's required to have your whole army painted. So I had to hurry and find somebody semi-local and uh, have them paint my stuff, which I had them. I am now the owner of two painted armies. I painted up an imperial army. What do you what right. do you, what do you run in your imperials? I haven't played it yet, so it's um it's it's pretty basic. It's basically just stormtroopers, snowtroopers. Um, I want to get some death troopers, but I can't find any right now. I've got Veers. Uh, I could plug Vader in there, but I usually don't use him. And I've got Iden Verso or Versio. This uh, thing they announced today, or in this podcast, is the BX series droid commandos. I've heard that the droids are getting they're getting uh, droid commanders, and as they're getting these commando guys as well. Which Richard, are those from like Rebels or anything? Because I've never. They're in Clone Wars. Clone Wars, okay. Mm-hmm. These are basically like the special forces guys. That, I mean, they for for the droid units, they move really fast. They, they're yeah, they're just a lot stronger fighters. They're very fast. In the, They've the got some kind of a shield too. That's a, it's it got some translucent plastic to it. Do they? Hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like kind of like a riot shield kind of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know, as of today, they announced the Clan Wren expansion for uh, the Rebels, which is Mandalorians, basically. Yeah. Right. You, you yeah, get... that's coming out the same time as Inferno Squad, which will go really well with Ed Versio. So, you just get two of them in there? Two of them for, like, 35 bucks? Or how many? How many come in there? That's what I can't I think, uh, se- Seven figures, I think, for uh, the, the Clan Wren Oh, it is expansion. seven. Okay, okay. I was going to say two for $35? That's like Games Workshop <laughs> prices. All right. That's not bad then. There's seven oh. of them. I wonder how many points that'll be. That so is... let's see here. The um... Well, you probably won't get all – you won't be able to put all seven. It, 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 probably what it'll be, it'll be a base of four for something like, uh, I don't know, Special Forces, probably something like 60 points maybe. And then you'll be able to add the other guys to it for maybe 20, 15, 20 points each or something like that. You probably won't ever have all seven on the table at the same time, though. That's right. my guess. Tell me about Clan Wren. Where, where are these guys coming from? 
Uh, that's going to be in Rebels. You're going to see that in Rebels. Season, pretty late in Rebels. Season four, maybe? Three? Four? So, do they have anything to do with Sabine? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's her That's her people. Okay. All right. They're they're not wearing halter tops, so, okay. <laughs> they're, they're not as sexy, uh, I suppose. So, nope. Yeah. Yep. Well, they don't have her sense of style. Yeah. I guess she's just so so good, you can't shoot her in the stomach. That That's the thing. So is uh, Clan Ren, are they going to appear in The Mandalorian on Disney Plus? Well, she will. We don't know who else will. Okay. Sabine, she has Sabine. been. Rosario Dawson is going to be. Has already right. been cast as her. Oh, that season. is right. Wow. Was that her Wait, voice? Wait, no, no, no. That's Ahsoka. Rosario Dawson is Ahsoka. But oh, okay. there's rumors that Sabine will be in it, too. So Sabine so, is blonde, right? Spoilers, if you have not seen the end of Rebels, I will wait, pause, let everyone stop for a second. At the end of Rebels, Ahsoka and Sabine go off together to do something. I'm not going to give that big a spoiler, but Ahsoka and Sabine leave at the end of Rebels. And if they're coming, if, Sabi- if Ahsoka is going to be back in Mandalorian, I wouldn't be surprised if Sabine is with her. That's uh, that's where we get two girls, one cup. <laughs> well, I was going to say that they went out to get coffee. You going to link that in the show notes, Adam? Yeah. I don't know. That's so old, though. I don't, yeah, that was, a, that was a thing, kid. It seems, kids like, seems like 10 years ago, but I don't know. And I guess the last thing we had was I wanted to throw it on here. I actually finally watched the last Star Wars movie. I still yeah, what did you think? Like, like a week ago. Look, I... You know, I had been waiting for it to come to Disney Plus, and mm-hmm. I thought like it was gonna like come like in, I don't know July or I'm sorry August or something. But apparently, it like showed up there like March <laughs> or or something. And um, I think during the uh, the lockdown, it did. Look, without getting like critical or, or whatever into it, the only thing that really caused me that I actually want to say something about is like. Number there's two things. Number one, I feel like C-3PO is horrifically mistreated in the movie as a sentient being. I don't think you should just <laughs> casually wipe a sentient being's memory. I, I don't know, man. I was like, that's that's wrong. They're like he's sentient. Why are they treating him like he's furniture? And uh, <laughs> the only other thing is like we really get established in that movie that all the First Order troopers are like child soldiers. They're kidnapped, brainwashed, and and that. So why are we so gleefully slaughtering them? Why can't we rescue them, save them, something? No. They're just like, hey, let's just kill them and make fun of it. Yay! So I felt bad. I really did. I'm like, they're they're child soldiers. They don't know any better. What, What are you doing? Finn, you used to be one. Why do you have no empathy? So uh, yeah, that was my only takeaway hmm. from from that. So yeah, that's all I wanted to say. So okay. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of it, and it did remind me, like in watching that, I was like, wow, that's a lot of ships that could show up in Armada or X-wing, and then I start looking at like some of the 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 ground units that the First Order has. I'm like, wow, there could actually be a First Order faction. In the uh, in for Legion, I think, I think there's enough there. But uh, as for 
the yeah the uh, in Legion I don't the Imperials. Oh, uh, actually, I was going to say they don't have any melee units, but they've got the uh, Imperial Royal Guard. I think those are their only real melee units. Mm-hmm. But there was all but there's a lot of melee guys in the First Order. Yeah, you know, they got yeah. like those big, huge, glowing clubs or whatever. Yeah, the but, guy that squares off with Finn. But in, uh, yeah, yeah, with his glowing police baton thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the not rebels, the the resistance. Yeah, they don't really have anything. That would just be like just a bunch of schmoes with blasters which they should do that it should literally be just like 30 guys with just blasters it's the horde army for legion they just come across the thing i want ewoks too that's what i want yeah would be like 90 of them with just the flint tip spears charging across the uh the thing in their underpants yes or actually i think they just wear shirts yeah never mind the uh... fact that they're like uh they're not cannibals because they're not eating each other but they are they did consume the stormtroopers they murdered in um return of the jedi so yeah it's like they can, they can take the over the atst if you've got one on the imperial side that would be cool be <laughs> nice all right so i guess that brings us to the end of the show folks that that is all that's all we have there there's no more so we hope you enjoyed this episode and you enjoyed uh I guess it should be Robot Roy. Yeah, it'll be Robot Roy. We'll we'll try that because it's yeah, it's Robot Roy. We'll see. How We've been goes. working. Roy wasn't actually here the entire show, but Robot Roy got a lot more advanced. This My show. AI is getting a lot better. Yeah. Sorry, I can't do that, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Watch 2001, kids. It's great. So, all right. I guess we'll say good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Everyone. Good night.